Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Alfagador Laurie Blake. Hey! I told you he'd be back for the oh, magazine show. I know he didn't know, weekend. but here he is. Here he is. Uh, how was your Valentine's? My Valentine's was uh, funny. Uh, inspired by Kevin Owens, I went bowling. <laughs> um, and I lost. Oh, uh, rubbish mate. at bowling. Like Kevin Owens. Yeah. <laughs> Not as bad as Kevin Owens, actually. I did get a strike, so... Congratulations! Thank you. Tying into your Wii Sports, <laughs> I'm well good. At, I was well good at Wii Sports bowling. I'm terrible at uh, regular bowling. Um, yeah, no, good. I'm glad you had a nice time. You yeah. went for dinner as well, didn't you? Uh, we just went to the All Star Lanes restaurant bit. What'd you have? I had a chicken burger, nice. with buffalo sauce. Oh, was... hello, mate. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't write home about it, but they make you go for the dinner to go for the bowling, which is annoying. It's a really weird setup. It's a it's a classic con, is what I would say. <laughs> it's a classic classic con. Well, my wife and I had a takeaway curry. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say, since becoming vegetarian, right. I've not enjoyed a takeaway curry because my favourite curry is a dansac. Right. And my local curry house does not do a vegetable dansac. Right. Which means. I was having um, sag paneer. I like sag paneer. I like sag. Well, yeah, but it's also it's like sometimes the cheese is nice and sometimes it's not nice. Mm. And so I was having that, and I was having my wife's curry part of her biryani. And I was like, well, I quite like the biryani sauce. So I thought I'd have a biryani last night. And it was fine. Yeah. It was all right. Like, it's not finding. It's not finding anything at the moment. I'm having a curry tonight, mate. Oh man, it's going to be great. I miss having a dansack. A really good. I might have a. I'll have a dansack in your honour. <laughs> a Randy dansack. You live to dance. You live to dansack another day. <laughs> yeah. uh, but 
Great episode of MasterChef. <laughs> uh, this email comes in from Reese. Good afternoon, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie, but not Randy with the voice of an angel. I hope this email finds you well. So my original plan was to send an update was to use hearing my previous WrestleTalk get better on the podcast as a quick gold check point for myself, assuming that with the rate I was catching up with the podcast that there would be many other emails ahead of me and I would have two months or so before hearing it to improve so that I was somewhat surprised when listening to an NXT podcast, probably the best of the Ramble podcast as a bit of a game nerd on the bus home from work to hear that your emails were from some punk in Wales trying to get in shape for wrestling training. But I told myself I would update when I heard it and I'm happy to say that progress has indeed been made. Though I've kept to the gym... Though I've kept going to the gym three to four times a week, resulting in a gain of 1.5 kg of muscle mass, or uh, so the software used to track such measurements tell me, and the wrestling training is becoming more doable with the squat-based warm-ups, actually feel like warm-ups as opposed to hard work, and managing to get 70 burpees in seven minutes Ouch. before having to stop dropping... Uh, Sorry, I can't even read the rest of that sentence, because 70 burpees in seven minutes sounds like a nuts mm. number. Yeah. And nutto, mate. Even the basic transitions out of a lockup are starting to stick with me a bit more, which feels brilliant. I did leave That's you cool. with. I did leave you with a bit of an enigma of who from NXT UK was training in Cardiff, to which Luke and Laurie guessed Mark Andrews. And to an extent, you are correct. He is one of the many talented trainers we have here at the school, but the head trainer is actually wild boar Mike Hitchman. As I'm doing basic class on Sundays and we only occasionally get taught directly by them, they are regularly about I'm very happy to teach and discuss with you at any level. We also had guest training sessions from Eddie, Dennis, and Crazy Steve, who were both fascinating to learn from, Uh, but also to get an insight into their careers and lives, particularly Steve, who is classified as legally blind, having cataracts as a child, something I was also born with, though having surgery at a young age was able to remove and i'm aware of how grateful and fortunate i am to have access to both these individuals to learn from anyway thank you for the taking time to read this your podcast always gets me through the long bus rides to and from work and even some of the more monotonous data entry parts of my job as i'm quickly running out of regular podcasts so maybe expect a new pledge hammer in the near future now my contract at work has been extended to june love the work kind regards reese we could uh, be really unhelpful and just start saying numbers now to to ruin the data entry oh, get three, 59 65 22 25 oh, 111 1300 1 <laughs> mate if you are doing a data entry job where you have to write in like upwards of a billion numbers <laughs> like that is that sounds like a monotonous job six months that's <laughs> six months work uh, so thank you for your email congrats on getting extended in your contract and congratulations on all the wrestling training going well it's excellent to hear it is cool news what's your plan for the weekend man what am I doing? I am doing absolutely nothing. Nice. And I am so excited. I am <laughs> genuinely just going to play my Switch all week. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, not leave the house. Because I've for some reason had the busiest January, early February, where every weekend I've just been having to leave the house and go see people and then go back, pop in, grab something, go somewhere else. And I've not, I've not come, obviously like, I also haven't really done a nine-to-five job mm. for about five years now. So the beginning, starting doing that at the beginning of this year has been like, I'm, why am I tired on Fridays <laughs> yeah. now? And then every weekend I've still been like running around all over the place. I had quite a lot of stuff to do in the week seeing people. So I've just been knackered. So I'm really excited in a very sad way 
to just have have a, have a snooze. Oh, mate, it sounds lush. Yeah. I've got to take my car in for a service Ooh. on Saturday morning at half past how, eight. How dry. How dry indeed. How adult. So uh, I might go get my, treat myself to a little greasy spoon breakfast. Oh, the see, road. there's every cloud. Every cloud, Every mate. cloud has a, has a thin lining of grease. Of grease. <laughs> a thin Causing lining birds of birds to fly into it. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, let's crack on with the show because it should be quite a long show. Um, talking about your crap gimmicks, your mailbag questions if you're one of our pledge hammers. But crucially, are WWE going or should WWE scrap the brand split? Here's the show. So we are going to talk about the, the brand split and the potential of scrapping said brand split. But uh, before we get into that, there has been a little bit of news, and it's not the Jimmy Uso thing. No. It is that... Apparently, the wrestling career of The Undertaker is officially over with now. Cool. So he has, he's been announced for StarCast. Yes. For StarCast 2, the event that's going to take place before Double or Nothing, where essentially you go around and you meet wrestlers of the past and you attend live podcasts and Q&As and whatnot. Sting's got a Q&A and I think Meltzer and Alvarez are doing a show and this and the other. Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk are going to do a, a show about their uh, very famous empty arena match. But The Undertaker's appearing at that, and mm. according to Meltzer on Observer Radio, that's it now. The Undertaker's in-ring wrestling career is essentially done. I'm so glad we had him back for these last few yeah, matches, right. the true road to uh, a perfect finale for The Undertaker there. He had that perfect <laughs> conclusion. He had such a good conclusion. Like, when I, what WrestleMania was it? It was two years ago. It was two years ago, so it had been so wrestling, yeah. 30, not 31. 33, 32. What, it's 34 this year, isn't it? So it'd be 33 last year. So 32, I guess. 32. So I mean, I could always Google it. Yeah, Google it. But the last when he when he retired at WrestleMania, or did what you can only assume was the Undertaker retiring, he left his stuff. Yeah. Uh, when he left his things in the ring, I was watching that like, oh, this is like a bit of my childhood walking away. Like it was 33. I, there was there was a moment where like I almost burst into tears. I was mm. like, this is this is quite moving, quite powerful. All that played out, and I was like, that was a good end. Like, that was, you know, you, I mean, there was probably a better person than Roman Reigns to, to, but to do it with. The but you're, to but the you're passing the torch to, the, to next, the, new the next top guy. Yeah, the new the new big dog. The yeah, biggest, exactly. newest dog yeah. whose yard it is. He's got such a yard. He keeps he's it got, really, got, really well That man has a pristine garden. Oh, it's so uh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, like, you've passed this on to the next guy. You've had this big moment. You go down in a puff of smoke back into the stage where you live now. And then <laughs> <laughs> And that was it. And Will I was like, that's that's really great. And yeah, then it was lovely. Came, and then even then, like, even after that, him coming back to have the squash match with John Cena was still a cool that was still a cool moment. Like they hadn't quite like mm. I mean he'd It's nice to see The Undertaker. I, I would have liked him to stay retired, but if he's gonna come back, coming out and just doing a few moves on John Cena and winning, and everyone goes, Ah, it's the Undertaker, can you believe it? Fine with that. Stop there. Yeah, so <laughs> then you've got stop the the casket the match with Rusev, mm -hmm. uh, and then the what I would essentially call, I think, is the saddest wrestling match I've ever seen in my life, mm. which was the one at Crown Jewel, it was oh. the Brothers of Destruction versus DX. Mm -hmm. Good crikey, it was a that was a sad, sad sight to see. Yes, the Brothers of Arthritis. Oh, versus, dearie, yeah. I mean, the, the broken down matches. Mm. It's, I mean, it says a lot. 
when Shawn Michaels, the one who's actually retired and hasn't wrestled for many, many years, was the freshest man of the lot. Like, yes, he was the yeah. one who seemed like he hadn't missed a beat, whereas everyone, poor old Triple H, tore his pec muscle very mm-hmm. early on, and The Undertaker and Kane, uh, it was a very, very sad sight. See, I, I agree, the, the retirement angle that he did at Mania 33, as I've now Googled, mm-hmm. so you don't have to correct us, um, was a, a wonderful ending. Ollie describes it as the saddest strip show he's ever seen, but <laughs> you know what? I've I, seen regular strip shows. They're, they're sad. way sad. <laughs> they're pretty sad. But it, which, and I don't, I, I don't disagree with that. I thought it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant moment. It was a lovely end. He broke kayfabe. He broke character by going to the ring to to kiss Michelle McCall. It was a really lovely, mm. lovely moment. I wasn't as as on board with the John Cena squash match at Mania last year, only because. It didn't seem to make any sort of sense in mm. my head. I in my head it made sense because I was like, "Ah, oh, cool!" So they're going to build to another WrestleMania match next year with John Cena calling him out again and being like, "Hey, you only beat me because I wasn't prepared. You wouldn't answer my yeah. You wouldn't answer my challenges. So I'm going to call you out now, and you have a year's build to the next WrestleMania match where you actually do Cena Undertaker proper this time at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But that's not what they did. Cena just uh, Taker just came out, squashed him, and was like, "See ya." See ya. I'm, I'm done, man. And then, you know, then went to Crown Jewel and Greatest Royal Rumble. So it was just a really odd, what an odd 2018 it was for The Undertaker. Yeah. And a, and, a, and a very odd finale to what has been one of the most, like, incredible careers. Well, that Crown Jewel, I feel like Crown Jewel match just made it so that everybody who was in it would just thump, nah, I'm going to stay retired. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, Shawn Michaels, Michaels was, was like, I am. I'm done. Because before the match, he was, Shawn Michaels was saying before the match, you know, if it goes well, I might consider like a comeback and like he's going to do a WrestleMania doing, match with the Undertaker, yeah, doing a few different matches, like building up to these other things. And everyone for half that match is just like, "Ah, we're done. We're I'm done, mate. Done, I th- yeah. I'm thinking I'm too old for this now. Yeah. And now the Undertaker is is going to Starcast, and mm. I'm not. And this is nothing disparaging against Starcast because I, uh, from what I can gather, Starcast was a great event last year. Yeah. But I never thought I would see the Undertaker in. Remember that scene in the Wrestler where they go to like the wrestling convention and it's in a gym. And oh, it's just right. like all yeah, these old yeah, wrestlers yeah. with their bum bags, you know, taking the 20, 20 quid off uh, off fans to get their photo taken with them. And I've been to those conventions, mm. quote conventions, those little signing halls, which are in, you know, sports halls. And it's just with crap tables set up. And you walk in and you're like, God, this feels a bit sad. I never thought I would see The Undertaker at one of those. Oh, because he's... He, he, you, just, you, you thought he'd kept his mystique until the yeah, end. Yeah, he's got presence, doesn't he? He's yeah. like, you know, he's probably one of the few people in, in wrestling that's always managed to sort of keep a veneer of still being the kind of mystery man character. But, I mean, before he started posting pictures with... On Instagram, po- yeah, yeah. with Post Malone. I want to launch an Instagram <laughs> from hell. Like in peace. <laughs> Watch my Instagram stories. Dogs are like... <laughs> it's just... I mean, it's just... Yeah, I... Take a look at I my know, actual like, obviously, yard. Yeah, obviously, since he's actual... Well, since his retirement... He's obviously been a bit more just being like, I'm just a guy called Mark who happens to be the Undertaker. <laughs> I'm a lad. Yeah, yeah. and just be doing what he likes. But it's interesting with Starcast that he's going as the Undertaker, the Undertaker yeah. as well. And it's not like there's no, well, I don't know if WWE are going to now step in and be like, hey, 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 
You ain't the Undertaker. That's ours, You're man. Just, just mark now. You just mark, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So we thought we'd just quickly uh, broach that topic uh, of Undertaker at Starcast because it is a big bit of news. I didn't get to have it in my Mecca news on Friday, mm -hmm. only because there was so much other stuff that I had to cover. I had to take news stories out. I wanted to cover uh, the reports of impacts, ratings, uh, and things like that. But I had to take it out because of the Jimmy Uso arrest, and I wanted to talk about AEW's exclusive, uh, inclusivity stuff. But... So the topic at hand. So this kind of comes from a, a WrestleVote story that came out during the week, which is talking about the, the women's division mm -hmm. in WWE, which on Raw seems fine. It's, yep. I mean, it's been dominated by Ronda Rousey for, the last, for all of 2018. Yep. So everyone else has felt like a very secondary thing. Um, but still, there are a lot, you know, there's a good number of women there. True. So much stuff that they almost feel like they have tears. Mm -hmm. SmackDown, on the other hand, as been evidenced by tomorrow's Elimination Chamber, is lacking in star power. Yes, it's, the, got a, it's got a top cut of three, doesn't it? That's exactly it. It has got Asuka, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair as your main event scene. And that's grand. Yep. Problem is now, Becky and Charlotte are essentially on Raw because they're in a feud with Ronda Rousey, who's mm -hmm. not on SmackDown. And Asuka is then on SmackDown on her own with no challenges <laughs> because all the other women are in the chamber. Well, she could just blow them over as well. Yeah. <laughs> And that's yeah, and that's why. So WrestleVotes also reported that's why Asuka hasn't got a match this Sunday. It's because they didn't WWE didn't want to do too much brand jumping mm -hmm. before WrestleMania, which meant that her only opponents could have been Zelina Vega or Lana. And WWE decided that's not pay per view worthy. It's Lana's time to shine. She's <laughs> just been kicked off Total Divas. Yep. like let's get her involved. In a title match. Hey, man, she's had title matches time. before. It's time. She's, and she's trying her best. She's, like, calling out Ronda Rousey on Instagram with The Undertaker. Mm. I don't like you. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, so there's no there's, there's no real depth to the SmackDown women's roster. No, not at all. And so that then ties into this report from WrestleVotes, which is that, and I, and I quote, uh, Mike Cole here, and I quote, the women's division roster is slowly going to be crossing over more between both shows. The plan is to have the women's tag team champions appear on both brands initially, however, not on a weekly basis. So this is the start of this. They're going to be using the women's tag team champions to go across both brands. Whoever wins is no longer tied to either Raw or SmackDown. It's likely going to be Raw, let's be honest. It's not going to be Fire and Desire or the Iconic. Why not? It's not. Because <laughs> it's probably um, going to be nice. Because uh, tickets. Because <laughs> yeah, heat. Because you want people to power. care. Yeah. So the, the winner of that the Chamber match will essentially not be tied to one brand. They'll be able to go between both shows, which I sure. think is a very, very smart move. Yep. You and I have discussed this before with these women's tag team titles. I think they should be going across not just Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT and NXT UK. I think that'd be mm -hmm. a really good use of your women's roster. But... Is this then going to be the start of it? Which, you know, it's kind of a wrestle race. They're going to merge the women's roster eventually yes. and just do away with brand exclusivity for the women's roster, which I essentially means also, I guess, would also then merge the titles. So you wouldn't have a Raw and SmackDown women's champion anymore. You would just have a women's champion. Sure. And then they would just be across both brands. Or they could do tiered. They could do a, a top tap. They could do a women's championship and then they could do like a, a regional one. Yeah, like a, yeah, or know, a, a North American championship. Yeah, something whatever like that, you yeah. want to. It'd be some really outlandish name now that there's already a North American oh, championship be, and an intercontinental championship. It'll, it'll be the WWE Evolution title. Oh, that's quite the, good. The Women's Evolution Championship. That would be cool. I don't yeah. mind that. There you go. That's, that's, there you, go. I've, you can have that one for free, WWE. There you go. We the Women's we, Evolution we know Championship. We you watch. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think like that would be um, that would be a great shout. And I think that it makes perfect sense with the women's roster because it, it is small, like, comparatively. But also, you've got all this, like, 
amazing main event talent that is literally stuck in three-person feuds forever mm. for a whole year. Like, the, and the other problem is, like on Raw, Ronda Rousey has capped that division because she went after she won the title. She's holding on to that till Mania. So you're just watching every week, going, "Well." Who's the flavor of the month who's this gonna, week who's that Ronda's going to beat? Yeah, it's, but it's the, same, it's the same deal with Brock. Like, you know, Ronda at least turns up and, and beats people in the ring. But the same thing with Brock. Like, you just watch him going, well, no one's going to beat him until Mania. Mm. So that it kind of becomes a bit rote and a bit pointless. And I know they said they weren't going to do the same with Brock. They did with, like, Ronda was always like, I'm not going to be like Brock Lesnar. I'm going to be here every week. It's like, but accidentally, because you're doing a very specific set of contract here until you lose the title, mm. you have kind of accidentally done what Brock's done because yeah. you have actually stifled the division. Yeah, you kind of held it hostage. To the point where, and that's not, I'm not, it's not her fault, that's the story, and it's, you know, she's a great champion and she's been very good in the ring and I enjoy watching her matches, but you have to take away the bit of you that's like, oh, anything could happen, anyone could win. You just have to go, well, Ronda's going to win, but I just have to enjoy it for what it is. Exactly, like the match this Sunday with Ruby Riot, I don't think there is a single <coughs> person in this entire world that's going like, well, Ruby Riot could stand a chance. Ruby Riot is going to win now. <laughs> We're going to be well, like, the story eating that our w- hats. The story that WWE have been telling is that that don't bother getting invested yeah, in this yeah, match. Exactly. Like, they didn't have a segment together on Raw. I know mm. they had a dark match segment, but that doesn't count. No. Smack, like, Asuka's been having dark match segments on SmackDown, mm. but they're not can they don't they're not canon. So like, they've essentially told you this match does not matter. Yep. Ronda's gonna win and she's going on to WrestleMania, which also means then that the fast lane match doesn't really matter. So why bother having one? Why bother having this elimination chamber match either? But that's a different point. But that's the thing, you can't do this much, we can't do this much shenanigans about this WrestleMania match with Ronda Rousey where like Becky's out of the match, Charlotte's in the match. It's like if it's not gonna happen, because if they turn around and go, it's not gonna happen, people are literally gonna stand up and walk out and be like, <laughs> even if it's like even if the Charlotte one is cancelled, people are gonna be like, Oh, I'm just I am Fed up now, honestly. <laughs> so I think that merging the women's rosters, it, it, I've said before, I'm not, brilli- I'm not massively keen on it because I think it does then treat the women as they're a gimmick. Right. The same with the cruiserweights. Like the cruiserweights being tied to Raw makes them feel like they are a gimmick. Yes. Like you are not really wrestlers. You are just a subset of wrestlers and you are now tied to this one show. Sure. And I get, I think merging the women's divisions kind of makes them feel the same way. It's spread across both shows. I don't think it's as much of an issue. Like if they were only on SmackDown, it would be yes, yeah, very yeah. much, uh, would be more problematic. So I think spreading them across both shows isn't uh, the worst idea. But for me, I think it's probably just time to just do away with the brand split completely. I don't like the brand split anyway. Yep. And just going back to one shared roster. Yeah, I think that, I think I can get on board with the like if just the women's division merges uh, because I hope well hopefully it merges not just Raw and SmackDown but it's also open with NXT and NXT UK and people come up and go down and you know you don't have to have them there permanently but at least they turn up and they do stuff and you can have Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm and those kind of Candace people LeRae, yeah, yeah, yeah Kyrie Sane Io Shirai all these people turning up and just having really good matches mm. to to bulk out the roster but also give you some like different main events yeah. Because you'll get, obviously, we'll get more just by having all the women in one place. So you, you can have Sasha versus Charlotte again. We can have Sasha versus Becky, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just think it works perfectly for that roster. But I would love to see it with a wider roster. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just think, I do, I think the brand split, it doesn't do much. It, but it, it feels like it is entirely also, this is a television thing, right? This is a. You have to have people signed to this show and to that show. And there were complex negotiations in place with the channel holders to be like, well, 
Raw is this product, mm -hmm. and it has these people on it. And if you want those people, then you pay this much money. Otherwise, we do this and this and this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And now with the Fox deal, like I imagine. Some people going over here to SmackDown. Well, now, exactly, so. yeah, because the Fox deal, from what uh, has been reported, the Fox deal was that the brand split has to be intact for the uh -huh. Fox deal because Fox want <coughs> a certain group of guys and girls on that show, which will likely include Ronda Rousey and Seth Rollins mm -hmm. and Roman Reigns. Essentially, all the people that WWE have told you are the top guys because they're on Raw. But Raw at the moment, like Raw feels like it would benefit the most from a like, from the brand split ending. Because with that three-hour show, mm. cutting your roster in half does not help that show feel like it's really lacking in depth. Yeah. Like this week, watching you, what you had Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre, lovely stuff. And then what happens? It turns into a DQ, and it turns into a six-man tag with Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman and Kadang. You're like, it's it's groundhog day every single week on that yep. show because it's the same group of lads having the same group of matches yep. and it just it lacks star power it lacks a title as well which does not help them no. doesn't help matters at all but it also having scrapping the brand split just gives you one title again it just gives you one main title mm. who cares about the universal championship Honestly, like who cares? I know we've I not even think Brock cares. No, well, well, clearly he does. <laughs> I know we've not like we haven't had it for two years essentially. So it's a worthless title. Mm. It's the same with, and I, I I don't mean this to be as disparaging as it might sound. It's kind of the same as the United Kingdom Championship. Like Pete Dunne's had that for six hundred days, but so like it's yeah, not he's not really yeah. done a lot with it like, he's had feuds with tyler Bate and joe coffee and a few matches on nxt but even those matches he had on nxt were never about the united kingdom championship they were about his feud with the undisputed era sure so it's it's so that will pay off if they make the walter thing like a much bigger deal like if walter gets hold of the belt and he's very much like but i'm austrian I don't really care about the United Kingdom Championship. <laughs> if he treats and it I, like he does with OTT. Yeah, exactly. I think great. if they if they play up that idea of like I'm just holding this entire not just not even just the belt, I'm holding the the entire brand hostage here. Yeah. And then everyone rallies against him. Then that becomes a really good interesting story to do. But yeah, I with Pete Dunne, him just being I'm really good and I've got this belt. But I'm not really a heel and I'm not really a face. I'm somewhere in the middle. And all these other people step up and just get knocked back down. It, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. Like yeah. So let's let's put a, a bow on this. Should WWE scrap the brand splits? I'm personally in favour of it. I think that WWE has got probably the best roster of any wrestling promotion in the entire world. If you also include your NXT and NXT UK stuff, like they have got an incredible wealth of talent. Mm -hmm. The best roster this company has ever had beyond a shadow of a doubt particularly in ring wise yes. perhaps not star wise because they haven't got like a rock or austin or a hogan or anything like that where they, a star that is breaking through the mainstream barrier mm -hmm. you could argue ronda rousey does i suppose but having more guys across both shows more guys and girls I just think it would make for a much better show. And things like Raw wouldn't feel as long because you can have different people showing up and sure. you don't have to have your, your Baron Corbin chinlock matches every single week. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. I think you just... Why wouldn't you want the widest pool of people across everything mm. and then they, they just rotate in and out? So, like, the deals that WWE should be making in this regard, because I, I think that's the only thing really holding them back from exactly. abolishing the brand split, but the deals they should have been making with Fox and stuff is, like, you will have Seth Rollins... For six months of the year. Yes. And then for the other six months, we will do 
or like there'll be this many marquee matches involving these people throughout the year. So they will build feuds in for like from October to you know October to November. We're doing a uh, AJ Styles feud on SmackDown, so you're going to get that. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. Like you know that kind of. I think that's kind of the way to do it. Is just go. Well, you're not going to get them all year, but you're going to get them a lot of the time. But what you do get instead is the ability for other stars to be made on other people's programming. <laughs> yeah. Come over here, set the world alight here, and that just benefits you because everyone's watching a fresher, more interesting show and not just watching six man tag matches. Yeah. Where they've dredged up Kurt Angle again. Poor old Kurt. I mean, it's really the brand split in the initial phase was designed because the WCW experiment failed. Yes. The idea of buying WCW was to keep it alive as a brand and just do your own and do competition mm. essentially with yourself. When that all went tits up through their own fault, it should be uh, should be added and TV rights and things like that. But it was their own fault. They thought, well, okay, well, we'll just create brands with Raw and SmackDown and they'll compete with each other. Mm. But they don't. No. They, keep, they can have this pretense that they're different shows, but they're not. They're the exact same show. There's, it's still a WWE show. Mm -hmm. And then like every Survivor Series, you just come to, well, it's time for Raw v SmackDown again. But no one cares. No, like, no, one, no one gives a crap between like if, if Raw wins again, which they have done for the last three years. Well, that's the problem is they never really play SmackDown. Overall, I want to add, don't say that. It's overall, they've won. Yeah, I think they don't play SmackDown as the underdogs in this scenario as much as they should. It's like, it's a less watched show. There's yeah. not as popular. There's not got as many of the big stars. And they sh then they should come from the bottom and win. And then that'd be a bit more of a, like, you know, because also it's a pay-per-view. So it's not so heavily tied to the idea of there's this deal in place and this has to be the big show and this blah, 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 blah. You can just go, well, on this happened. Especially if you're going to drop the idea of it afterwards, which is what they did this year. And we will year never previous. mention Survivor Series again until yeah. next year. They're, they're, yeah, they're, these things just, every Survivor Series, it rolls around. And every year they just drop the story. It happens throughout the month of November, mm. the Raw and SmackDown hate each other. Then come December, never mentioned again until the next November. I just so think what's the point? WWE needs to think of this like the show shows that like um the shared universe shows for like marvel and dc where they feed into each other a little bit like you know like the idea that uh agents of shield feel like feeds into the movies and stuff like that or but like should have done but it stopped they stopped doing that after, they stopped a, while. Doing that after a while but like <laughs> yeah. you know in the in the early days that was the um, point of it that same was the like, point to same with like the arrow and flash and all that stuff and there's a few the arrow first yeah there, but there's a few of those bits right that are like not not on the CW. I think there's a They're few. all on the CW. Oh, they are yeah. on the CW. But there should be ones on other channels that cross over. I just think it just it just makes sense. It just makes sense. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. 
If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you're wondering to yourself, what the heck is a crap gimmick? Well, that's a segment we do each and every Saturday here on the Wrestle Ramble, where you, the SWAF Nation, submit to us your crap gimmicks, and we, as the crap gimmick promoters, go through them and decide whether we want to sign them or not to our wrestling roster. That's the first take I've done of that spiel. It I'm was, honest, it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect first time. What <clears> the <throat> heckins? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, <laughs> no <laughs> retakes <laughs> done there. <laughs> If you you are new to to this show or if you've missed the last couple of weeks, we've kind of changed the way Crap Gimmicks works a little bit. Previously, I was just going through them in order, but it was taking us so long to get through the backlog. I now pick one, the, uh, the earliest one we've got, which is still like early August. And now I'm just picking them at random throughout the other months. So we do three a week, but they're picked at random with the exception of one, which will always be the earliest point, uh, which is August 12th. And that comes in from Alex Fenton, who says, hello, Luke. First thing I would like to say is thank you to all of you at WrestleTalk who provide uh, over 590,000 of us with free quality content multiple times per week. You can tell how old this is. That's a much higher number yeah. now. Uh, to all We're of those, doing way better. <laughs> to all of those unnamed behind the scenes, as well as Laurie, I'm on your side, I swear. Blake, Luke, quote, having respectable morals doesn't make me a cuck Owen. <laughs> and Ollie, the perfect balance between appropriate and unacceptable Davis. I want to say thank you for the top tier wrestling analysis. Well, thank you. Thank you. Alex. Anyway, so this is his suggestion for Crap Gimme Wrestling. The wrestler is called Lunchbox Larry. Prior to his debut, he would appear in a series of vignettes of this structure. He's walking along a street, lunchbox in hand, when an urban disaster would occur, such as a mugging or a building fire. The victim would call out for Larry's help, and he would 
would open up his lunchbox to retrieve his favorite food, a cheese and onion sandwich, which he would take a bite out of, giving him the strength he needs to play the hero, hereby catching the mugger or rescuing a civilian from a burning civilian from a burning down building. His entrance music would be your archetypal madness song, something like Baggy Trousers, establishing him as a definite babyface. He comes down to the ring, lunchbox in hands, and treats it similarly to the Money in the Bank briefcase, holding it above his head as to the crowd as he stands off the ring post. During the match, Larry is outclassed, unable to mount any decent offense until he counters his opponent's signature move. With both men down and the referees counting 10, Larry clambers to the corner where he had left his lunchbox and retrieves the cheese and onion sandwich. This receives a huge pop from the crowd and he is visibly getting his second win thanks to the sandwich and that gets put over by commentary in a big way. His finishing hold is the cheese, un- the cheese and onion rings of Saturn. Good pun to end yeah, off. I feel like it was all for that Leading pun. to it that. It was all really, for yeah. that pun. He was like, cheese and onion rings of Saturn. Okay, I've got my starting uh, point. Let's move let's backward. work backwards <laughs> from there. I like this. Um, I like Lunchbox Larry. I like the Lunchbox as the Money in the Bank briefcase. I feel that's very much like Grado with his bum bag instead of a title belt. Like yeah. it's it feels, talk general manager Grado. Yeah, it feels like that. Um, the rest of it, I'm, I'm not unconvinced by. The so rest of it, actually, weirdly, in the time since that was sent in, that was August, right? Yeah, yeah. Since then, WWE have literally started... They're making a film with Netflix, right? Yes, they are. Called The Main That's Event. That's right, they are. In which a young kid discovers his wrestling power through his breakfast cereal, and he becomes the Spaghetti Kid, which makes no sense, <laughs> because cereal and spaghetti, not the same things at all. We are not Elf. <laughs> we are not Buddy the Elf having, <laughs> having spaghetti for breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I like, I, I mean, essentially it's a, it's a skid of Popeye, mm. but instead of a can of spinach, it's a cheese and onion sandwich. I'm like, I kind of like that. He also had some other things in there that like a jam sandwich is his kryptonite. Oh. Like, if you get given a jam sandwich, then you lose all of your wrestling powers. So I think it's a nice little addition there as something for the heels to do is to switch out a sandwich. So he thinks he's getting a cheese and onion sandwich. Drained. And he gets drained instead with a jam sandwich. With that said, I quite like a jam sandwich. So um, that didn't work for me. So he's not signed. So, <laughs> well, we'll Come to so that he in the is end. out. I, I like uh, Lunchbox Larry, though. Uh, this comes in from Bruce Wayne on December 2nd. Now, I don't know the Batman. whether this is le- like shoot Bruce Wayne or whether Bruce Wayne is his shoot name. And I'll, I'll go into why, because essentially his, <laughs> his gimmick I promise you, is basically coming. based around Bruce Wayne. Uh, so uh, the story, uh, uh, sorry if there's a similar gimmick to this submitted, but I've missed a few episodes due to illness and thought this up while I was in hospital. Hope you're feeling better. I mean, this was sent on December 2nd, so hope you've had a speedy recovery there, Bruce, if that is your real name. Uh, post- He's got the money for it, so it's fine. <laughs> well, yes, quite. He can play for actual, like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get private. You can go to Booper. Um <laughs> So his suggestion is Postman Bat, uh, who is a postman by day and a crime-fighting vigilante by night who dresses up like a bat. His entrance theme is the popular kids show Postman Pat, but with Postman Bat saying bat dubbed loudly over the parts where he says pe- uh, pat or cat. So postman like, bat, bat, Postman Bat, Postman yeah. Bat, and, and his black and white bat. bat. Exactly. <laughs> uh, his moveset would consist mostly of comic book onomatopoeia like the wallop or the kasplat. Uh, during the day, he will be delivering mail with a hearty smile and a cheerful demeanor, handing out cards to members of the audience on his way to the ring and riding his postman bike around the arena. At some point, uh, at some backstage segments, he will encounter a dastardly hill bullying or attacking other members of the locker room, and that's when his alter ego, the Bat, comes out. At times, he goes on to incorporate other superhero characters into his own. Say, uh, say during a match, he will get some sand thrown in 
in his eyes and will become blind. But he'll still deliver mail in his postman robe, but with a cane and sunglasses. Uh, during the night, he will become postman Darebat with his other, heights, uh, other senses heightened to superhuman levels as just one example. Just smashing names together. Pretty there, much, yeah. Postman Darebat. But this... Does open it up to it like you getting a really long, laborious Postman swamp bat? Yeah, swamp. Uh, well, swamp dare bats. That's what yeah. it means. You can add swamp dare bat. Yeah, yeah. You can add just more and more things to this. Which <laughs> swamp? Uh, okay, postman swamp dare bat Xavier. Like, <laughs> adding yeah. more and more things to this. There's a there's some good. There, I do like Postman Bat as a like an awful terrible name, and I and the the Postman Bat name. song is quite funny. I think that he's got a he's got a cracking entrance. <laughs> he has got a good entrance. <laughs> I don't see how anyone could not see past his like alter ego mm. though. Like you're literally delivering mail and you're coming out. There are a lot two of two Postman we're doing Bat a lot, Yeah, song. we're doing a lot of like gimmicks today where people have alter egos or superhero powers they are similar by, i suppose yeah. you're right uh, and i think we have had um sort of like like we had um uh, a web guy last week it was uh, based around an internet website right and his initials were www but it was also spider-man web uh, right? which is very good so we kind of got something similar i suppose um but i do quite like postman bat mm -hmm. anyway lastly this comes in from jack dolan on october 19th and essentially he is sent through a puntastic uh, email i'm in hi luke laurie and ollie my name is jack dolan and here is my submission for gc dub it's actually cg dub because that would be gimmick crap wrestling Eggy Guerrero. And he says in brackets, the name is just a pun. The wrestler has no relation to Eddie Guerrero, or he has as much relation to Eddie Guerrero as Sasha Banks does. Uh, Ed Big e fan. Eggy Guerrero is the newest addition to the breakfast division of Crap Gimmick Wrestling. His many nicknames include The Devil's Favorite Egg, El Polo Yolko, uh, The Homage de Fromage, The Papa Roach of Being Poached, The Rambling Gambling Scrambling Man, and The Excellent of Egg Secution. He is the Determined to become the new Intercontinental Breakfast Champion, and he will serve his competition with a moveset consisting of the Egg Scrambler, the Cesaro Swing, the Egg Drop, which is a leg drop, and his finisher, the uh, Omle. That's a difficult one to say. The Omle Bottomy. Omle Bottomy. Yeah. The omnibotomy. Yeah, the omnibotomy. Yeah, a, a modified brain shop, and he breaks an egg over his opponent's egg, uh, his opponent's head. I'm getting into it now. <laughs> Too many eggs. Yeah. He comes out to the ring to Oof. I am the walrus with a signature <laughs> frying pan in his hand, similar to Jim Duggan and the two by four. Obviously, every title opportunity he has is a championship scramble match. Yeah, 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 he yeah. says winning will be over easy and that everything will be sunny side up. When he loses, he has egg on his face. Eventually, when he sees this sunny disposition isn't working, he turns to the announcers, screams in disdain. Eggs Benedict Arnold. Wish you guys all the best. Keep up being awesome. If he truly is Eggy Guerrero, when he wins the title, he'll be covered his face just too much yolk. <laughs> like loads of yolk everywhere. Yeah. Ruining that moment. So if you like egg puns, then yeah. we should probably sign Eggy Guerrero. Mm. But I'm I'm leaning more towards either Postman Bat or Larry Larry Lunchbox. And I think you you weren't massively keen on Larry Lunchbox. I think it's Postman Bat, mate. Well, let's go with Postman Bat. Postman then. Bat. Postman Bat. It is. Uh, dig, dig,
And if you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers over on Patreon and leave your comment in the community section. Now, I'll stress that again. Leave it in the community section. If you send us an email, I'll just file it into a folder and forget it's there because I'm very bad at my job. So if you put it in the community section, I'm always bound to pick it up. There you go. So there you go. I actually did get through that intro in one take. I then have to do a redo on that one. Um, He's getting better at his job. <laughs> it's a learning experience. It's such a learning experience. Yeah, I've been doing this for nearly two years. I'm nearly getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I do words in the right order. <laughs> Martin Ware asks, who do you think is the best AEW signing so far? Personally, I think it's Jungle Boy, as he's the one with the most potential and learning alongside the likes of the Elite, Kenny, Y2J, SCU, and Pac, uh, which will enable him to reach his potential. Ooh, I mean, like, Kenny's probably a pretty good shout for this, uh, yeah, just as much. one of the as the probably greatest wrestler in the world at the moment. Pentagon Jr. is another Sorry, grid shout for Pentagon, oh my, yeah. Bloody love me Pentagon, Pentagon and Phoenix Jr. are, like exceptional oh, so good i think pack in my like my personal opinion is pack because i just yeah. think pack was so underused in wwe in general uh back when he was neville um which is also the i know it's his real name but it's like the worst wrestling name i've told the story before uh, i don't know an episode you weren't a part of but i was once um i was driving to watch wrestlemania with a friend mm. and i was dropping my wife off with um uh, with, with one of her friends and she was asking me about the WrestleMania card, feigning interest. Uh, and she asked me, like, who's on the card? I was like, oh, well, Neville's defending his Cruiserweight Championship against the Austin Aries. And she went, Neville? Neville? Yeah. And I was like, and when you, as soon as you say it out loud to a non-wrestling fan, you're like, God, that is a terrible name, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like Longbottom. It doesn't, like, it doesn't scream. But it's one of those things with, like, it's one of those things with him as well, because it's like, He's British. He knows. Like, yeah. you know that's a bad name. Like, everyone knows that Neville is a terrible name over here. Like, I'm sure in America it might sound a little cooler or more interesting, maybe. maybe. But, yeah, here it's, it's a dork's name. Yeah, it was- <laughs> <laughs> it's a dork's name. Fight me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that Neville is a great... Neville. Pack is a great shout of, yeah. like, who their best signing is because he's someone who has got, like, such main, attend- main event potential of mm. just, like, being someone who can put on consistently amazing matches. Oh, oh, you know, with guys like Hangman Page and the other, like, top guys they've he, got he there. Just, he just feels like a champion. Like, he should have been... Excel at like his career in WWE should have gone NXT champion straight to the top, yeah. and it just didn't. And then, and then they put him in the cruiserweight division. Lo and behold, he carries it on his own for ages. I just, he's just such a good signing. Absolutely, he really is. And like they, Meltzer was writing in the Observer that AEW are really committed to their their talent. Mm. And into the case of someone like Jungle Boy or like Kylie Ray or these or Nyla Rose, like these sort of, I don't want to say unproven. Because they are, you know, new to their wrestling careers. They have not been given a stage to, to kind of show what they can do. They've been signed to six-figure deals. Yeah. Like they're, they're making giant money. So AEW are really, really invested in this upcoming talent like Jungle Boy, like Sammy Guevara, and giving these people a massive platform to perform on. So I think there's some really, really interesting signings yeah. in, in AEW. It turns out they're all good signings. Yeah, pretty basically. much. Uh, a lasagna enthusiast, so I... I Turns out Garfield yeah. is one of our yeah, um, yeah, yeah. he's one of our Patreon backers. He asked, "This is going to seem random, but I just got my friends to start watching NXT, and I asked them about Donovic Do- Dominic Dijak's name change. Uh, they unanimously agreed that Dijakovic, or however you spell it, is the superior name. Just found it to be a potential example of how hardcore wrestling fans can not always see the potential good changes can bring. Also, what should I have them watch uh, next to keep them on the line?" So, 
turns out that there are people who think Dijakovic is a better name than Donovic Dijak. Donovic, I'm getting it wrong now. It's been so... <sighs> these, people are, these people are wrong. I would say they're wrong. I think it was better previously. Close the laptop, Luke. I quit. <laughs> uh, Sawyer asks, uh, I hope this doesn't sound super negative, but I have what I feel is an uncommon take on championship run records. I'll be honest with you, Sawyer. This is not that uncommon a take. Mm. Um, this has been widely said, I think, for, for many years. Everyone used to say this about Ric Flair's uh, record. I don't understand why we celebrate the idea of a wrestler becoming champion X number of times. Whether he or not he wins the title for a 17th run, that means that John Cena has lost the title 16 times. True. This is what me and my uh, university housemates used to joke about Ric Flair. It's like, I'm a 16-time world champion. It's like, yeah, but you lost loads then. Yeah. Um, uh, what if a person are, uh, achieves a record of 20 title victories, but each reign only lasted a few weeks? Is that still impressive? I think a much more interesting, now this I do like, I think a much more interesting and worthwhile statistic is to celebrate the total number of cumulative days a person has been champion for. Sure. So it's more meaningful to say that John Cena has been champion for 1,409 days combined, which puts him in fourth place behind Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, and Bruno Sammartino in terms of longest title reigns. Right. For what it's worth, record lengths for individual reigns, such as Punk's, which was recently broken by Lesnar, are more discussion-worthy. I think they sound better. I think that's the thing. Like Saying 16-time champion sounds good when someone's walking down to the ring, saying, John Cena is a 1,499-day champion. Yeah. Sounds a bit long It's a bit convoluted, yeah. yeah. And the reason, obviously, the obsession with these length of title reigns is because you've got to have something to say on commentary. Like, wrestling <laughs> matches last a fair amount of time. There's not that much to say about people when people know who you are. Yeah, yeah. So you can only really go through the, they're a 16-time champion. You've got to do this. You've got to say this. You've got to do that. Like, it's just... It's just helpful. Like, exactly. Like, Cena's 16th title win, like, it lasted three weeks. Yeah. Because he won the title from AJ, then lost it to Bray Wyatt. What's well, so like, so like, what was like, the like, Sasha Banks is, like, what, she's a four-time champion? Yeah, I think she's held it for, like, less than a week. Yeah, exactly. And she's lost, every, like and she's lost every defense. Yeah. But, like, they always go, oh, she's a four-time Raw Women's Champion. She's it's like, crap yeah, she, like, yeah, she won all of those in a month. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was, that was that time when they just, her and Charlotte swapped the belt every week. Yeah. Uh, right, we've got loads of mailbag questions to get through, so let's try and fire through some of these. Uh, Austin Tussie <coughs> asked, what is your favorite match that you've ever been in attendance uh, for and seen live? Mine has to be AJ versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series 27, although I am going to Elimination Chamber next week, and maybe the Brian match will top it. For me, the answer is always going to be Keith Lee versus Tomohiro Ishii from Revolution Pro in 2017. It's the greatest oh. wrestling match I've ever seen, ever, and, it was, and being there live just made it even better. Mine was Dean Allmark. Oh, I knew you'd say Dino. <laughs> I love Dino. Um, mine was Dean at, uh, I can't remember who he was against, actually. Uh, oh, that's because you, you were only interested I in Dino. I was only interested in Dino. It was Dino. a MediaCon. Yeah, it was a MediaCon, and it was uh, the Rev Pro. Uh, the Super J Cup. The Super J Cup. Super J Cup. Super J Cup. Super J Cup. Um, and, yeah, I just, he was fantastic. He just came out, and he just, I think, because everyone else was, like, quite well known. And then he came out kind of, almost inconspicuously flying under the radar. And then he, he just does fantastic stuff. He's just got very clever transitions. Mm. He's really agile. He's really, really good. I was blown away. I was like, he's, he's wicked. Yeah. There was a, a moment where we I almost got my <clears throat> second favorite match I'd ever seen live, which was on that MediaCon show, yeah. which was um, Brooks and Gresham versus Walter. Oh, that was a good match. And I can't remember who he was tagging. No, was, was it Walter or was it Aussie Open? Dang, I can't I remember it was now. Walter. It was I, Walter. No, it was Walter because Walter was the one who took the pin. I can't remember who Walter was tagging with, though. 
Oh, no, it was Timothy Thatcher. Of course mm. it was. So it was, yeah, it was Walter and Thatcher. I couldn't remember if Thatcher was there. And then I remember I was having a chat with him earlier <laughs> in the day. Yeah, and it was Walter and Thatcher. So it was Ring Camp versus CCK. Mm. And it was so, so great. And it was such a shame that right at the end, Gresham picked up a leg injury and they had to cut the match short. Yeah. And Brooks just rolled Walter up for the pin. Real, like, it was it sucks for Gresham as well. Yeah. It was such a good match. It was awesome. Yeah, I really like that one. It was, it was great. Really good. Uh, it was a lot of good matches of that. It right? really was, yeah. Um, oh, man, that tag match, the the Impact one with um, Jody Flush and Johnny Storm versus LAX. Oh, oh that man. Was, but Callahan versus Havoc, the, was, yeah. the stomp onto the... Oh. the uh, Connor Kieran asks, uh, what yeah. matches would you show non-fans to convert them? Which I suppose we kind of also got with, um, uh, it wasn't Sawyer's question, it was a lasagna enthusiast question about mm. sort of what matches would you show to non-fans to keep them uh, engaged? We've, we get this question quite a bit. Uh, I would say, I mean, you want to pick something that's relatively recent because, I mean, you don't want to show them like, you know, Undertaker Mankind from King of the Ring 98 because no. they're not there now. So like, you, oh man, I love this wrestling thing. Neither of them are wrestling now. I would show them Gargano Almas. Yeah, then that's a great show. Uh, simple story. Really very simple story. Through. And you, all you got to explain up front is that Johnny's been chasing the belt for ages. Yeah. Great and, show. And you get all of it from that. Like, it's great so show. good. Um, yeah, Pete Dunne, uh, Tyler Bate as well for the UK Championship oh, uh, Takeover Chicago. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I, which I actually showed to a, a fan. It was a lapsed fan. It was, my, it was our friend Tom. Um, he was a wrestling fan back in the day. Like he'll always say, like, "Oh yeah, I loved Mankind." Like, yeah, that, that's his thing. Um, and I showed him that that UK Championship match, and he was like, "This is awesome." Because mm. are there more UK wrestlers like this? I was like, "Oh, you better believe it, man." Oh yeah. Rockstar Dougal asked, "What is your favorite Simpsons character and favorite scene involving them?" Oh my god, he's my favorite Simpsons I character. Watched The Simpsons in so long. Well, no, I mean, I haven't watched it since season 11, I'm, or maybe season 12. I'm one of those people. I haven't watched it since I stopped watching BBC Two. Uh, <laughs> about six o'clock in the evening. Oh, bloody loved it. <laughs> oh, man, I was a tale of the tape kid, where, like, every week you would just you'd get your, your VCR set, yep. and you would just record every episode of The Simpsons they were showing. Because I didn't have Sky, because oh, I, right. I'm not going to give Rupert Murdoch any money, because he's Satan incarnate. So I, when it came to the BBC, I was just recording things. That was, like, the late 90s. I was, like, 97 mm. or 98. So The Simpsons had been out for like many a year at this point. It was like in season nine. Um, so yeah, I was like recording them every single day and mm. sending the VCR. So I had this big tape collection of Simpsons episodes recorded off the BBC, which I would just then watch ad nauseum. But I loved the Simpsons. Who's my favorite character? Funnily enough, actually, I think I would go with, I love Sideshow Bob. Like, oh, he's great. Because I love Kelsey Grammer. Mm. And I just think Kelsey Grammer does such an amazing performance as Sideshow Bob. It's it, like, when he's released from prison and he's got a tattoo that says Die, Bart, Die, and he's like, no, 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 it's German for the Bart, the. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. That Cape Fear episode is amazing. Oh, it is really good. oh it's awesome. So I, I think I might go with Bob. If not Bob, then then Dr. Nick. Oh, Dr. Nick's great. The left one's connected to the something. Something's connected to the red thing. Red thing's connected to my wristwatch. It's, uh -oh. like, it's like I'm there. Oh, love it. Love Dr. Nick. Do you have an answer? Uh, Professor Frink. <laughs> Frink and my yeah. favorite scene would be in Simpsons Road Rage, where he gets in your car. <laughs> nice. Uh, Craig Roberts asks, could you see AEW offering Austin Aries a contract? Uh, obviously, there were rumors of him returning to Impact Wrestling, but it turned out that was Rob Van Dam instead. So I could, I could see... Heck of a swerve. <laughs> yeah, I, well, it really was. I mean, actually, that... 
match, RVD and Sabu versus the Lucha Brothers, stands to be either the best wrestling match you've ever yeah. seen or the worst. I just, <laughs> like, I just, just think just get, getting in the ring with Sabu is oh, always a bit of a risk. It stands to just be like one of the dirt worst, <laughs> yeah. botchiest wrestling How matches. How does Sabu ever seen. feel today? What will he do? Exactly, yeah. Does he have a knife on him? <laughs> 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 just got to frisk him before he comes in. Like they're checking his boot and they just exactly. keep pulling out like. Yeah. Because that, and that's a genuine story. Sabu sometimes does wrestle with a knife in his his uh, boots, allegedly, I suppose. Um, I should say allegedly. Allegedly, just b- because he he's been stuck up for money by some promoters. Wow! So he's just like, I'm just going to carry a knife. You with You don't me, need then. it in the boot, though. Then, <laughs> well, it know. does. Most matches don't end, and then the promoter comes in the ring and hands you the money. I feel like that transaction happens back. <laughs> um, so Keep the knife in your bag, mate. But could AEW offer Austin Aries a contract? Always possible. Yeah. Um, um, from what I can gather and from what I've heard and the stories you hear, Austin Aries isn't the easiest person to work with yeah, in the world. So they might think he's more trouble than he's worth, I exactly, guess. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Assange asked, uh, what do you think about the fact that the finishing moves in many New Japan wrestlers aren't really protected? I feel like a prop of the upper and mid-card talent need to hit their opponents with multiple instances of their finisher. The example, Carter's Rainmaker or Tan- Tanahashi's High Fly Flow or Ishii's Brain Buster, although some are protected like Omega's One-Winged Angel and Jay White's Blade Runner. Do you think it's beneficial or hurtful for these wrestlers and their matches really though this is just like it, it's your wrestle kingdom it's your big time events where these sorts of things happen yeah, and that's because a standard wrestling thing now is to do big move kick out so i don't think it really particularly hurts moves because the rainmaker is still over yeah like yeah omega kicked out of it like you know 20 times in one match or whatever but any time Omega goes to hit the the Rainmaker, the crowd still pops for it, so yeah. the move is over. Yeah, I think it does. I I, it, I think it matters, but maybe not as much as I think it does. Is I think really the way to view it. I, I I would like finishes to be the finish. Yes, generally speaking, and then the idea that someone kicked out of it becomes a rarity and you're like oh my god they kicked out of it and then maybe leave it two years before someone else does yeah because otherwise you end up in situations like um was it impact what's impact's most recent uh, homecoming homecoming where there was a lot of like finisher kick outs or yeah kicking out at one it's like every but match. it was almost like every match accidentally sort of ended up doing the exact same thing and yeah. you end up in that situation where nobody's finishes matter nothing counts like omega's done very well to just not hit the one win one winged angel every match like always tease it but he's got the brilliant counter argument with that is that it's difficult to do like it's a very awkward situation to put someone in you can't just randomly revert it's not an rko you can't just pull it out of nowhere like, yeah exactly you have to set it up so he doesn't always hit it but then when he does it's so devastating that they can't kick out that is genius yeah it's my one defense I have for the one-way yeah. danger because I do not like it as a finishing move. I think it looks really silly. I quite like it. But then, no, but, no, but, no, but then there's a difference is like the Rainmaker is a clothesline. Mm-hmm. Let's not beat around the bush. It's a clothesline. That's very easy it's to do. It's a very powerful one. Ah, he's got a very <laughs> stiff upper arm. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, like, those, those arms. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's much easier to just drag those out, isn't it? Yeah, like absolutely. You can just go, way. Uh, Team LOL asks, uh, Becky versus Ronda versus Charlotte, whichever combination of the above happening, does it really need the belt? I know Becky won the (coughs) Rumble, but the focus has been on her getting her own back at Ronda and not the title Ronda has been holding. True. It's an interesting point. Um, It's one of those things where, yeah, it it doesn't really need the belt because there's a more personal issue. The title being on the line does add an extra element of drama. But it's like, it's. I think this is different to say when it was uh, the Jericho Michaels feud when they just decided. Although Punk was champion, I think it was Punk was champion. They were like, ah, the Jericho and Michaels needs the belt. 
Yeah. And you're like, oh, Jericho Michaels didn't need the belt. Like that 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 mm. match was like that feud was better without the belt. Don't play with it. And I, and I I would say that having the belt in this feud does add an extra thing to it because we want to see Becky as champion. Yeah. I think well, I think also that having the belt in this feud means that it's going to be the main event of WrestleMania. Mm. I think without the belt, it wouldn't be the main event of WrestleMania, and I want to see it be the main event of WrestleMania. So the belt is a very useful thing in this, and it also it just gives it, it gives it like gravitas, and mm. I think that's what we we want to plow as much sort of um, meaning into this match as we can because it, it feels like a seminal moment for the entire division. Yeah. Um, although it doesn't need to have the belt, Roman Reigns versus um, Taker didn't have the belt, and that was the main event. Yeah, but that was retiring the Undertaker. Well, a... But was it though? Well, it wasn't, <laughs> but it, it it was at the time. James Dillon and also asked... it was Roman Reigns, and nobody liked the fact that that was the main event. No, well, so... it's very true. Yeah. Uh, James Dillon asks Luke, you, uh, Luke, you have mentioned on the span of many rambles that you listen to a lot of Faith No More. I do as well, and I'm curious to hear what your favorite album is. Mine is 1997's highly underappreciated album of the year. It is underappreciated, I will say, but I am a Angel Dust man. I was always a King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime fan. Uh, loved that album, but in my these years, since I've hit my since I've hit about thirty one, I've, I've come round to uh, Angel Dust, and Angel Dust is now my favourite Faith and More album. Although I really did like Sol Invictus, I thought that was a corking album as well. Cool. Um, where are we? Let's go. Ba, ba, da, ba, ba, ba. Uh, Diamond, uh, uh, Diamond Crusader. I might save Diamond Crusader your question for next week because that's a question more for Ollie. Uh, Phil Stopford asked, what is slash are your favorite entrance themes, uh, not WWE ones? Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. using idols <laughs> is my favorite. Minoru Suzuki's. <laughs> Suzuki's entrance theme is so brilliant. I mean, Volta's, you could say, oh, was not no, a WWE one, obviously. But. Oh, uh, yeah. If you're not counting it, oh, I forgot he was with NXT UK for a moment there. But it is, he was using it before. Yes. Because it's an unlicensed oh, bit of music. An, and it just fits him yeah. perfectly. Great shout. Uh, Stu Patterson asks, uh, who from the world of music do you think would make a good wrestling character? Some obvious thoughts that I have are heavy rock guys like Alice Cooper or Slash. I don't, I don't quite agree with Slash. I think Slash is... Wrestling I mean, in the top hat is quite hard. Yeah, I mean, perhaps it's also that I'm not a Guns N' Roses fan, but I think he's quite boring. Um, or, or a faction of Kiss, which we more or less got, really, I suppose, with the demon in WCW. Uh, mm. Or Slipknot is another example. Um, Slipknot's a good idea. He goes, but to throw up uh, an odd one, I have no Fs to give Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Victory by numbers, polyphonic spree, or Dr. Dre as a manager. Got me thinking. Mm. It's an interesting question. I like this. Uh, I can't imagine Bob Dylan doing wrestling. I want the chilies. Oh, uh, the red chili peppers. Yeah, but I want it just when they were wearing just the socks. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, the that's tube, it, sock, yeah. tube sock era <laughs> chili peppers. Yeah, that's a great shot. Not like really old, funky chili peppers that you get nowadays. No, no. Where like Anthony Kiedis just looks like a big bag of leather. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, yeah, I think you want like the big colourful characters, like a Rob Zombie mm. is like a great shout, I suppose. And that's why I asked... Meatloaf. Yeah, Meatloaf's <laughs> a brilliant shout. Oh, he would do anything for love. Um, where are we going to go to next? Yeah, let's do Scott Howard. Scott Howard, of the big three heroes in DC, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman, which do you think the three are Ollie, Luke, and Laurie, and why? Thanks for the consistent consistency, fellas, and thanks for reading my Xavier Woods Rusev Hey from the other day. I'm now a $25 pledge hammer. Cheers. Yeah, now, cheers to you, cheers. Scott Howard. So we've got to assign ourselves Superman, Wonder Woman, or Batman. Right. Ollie's obviously Wonder Woman. It makes, Ollie, yeah, Ollie's Wonder Woman. It just makes sense. You could be Superman. 
You could be Batman. There you go. I'm the most angsty, so... That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, I I can go with that. And I'm about, like... I I think that people should be nice to each other. There you are. I think hatred is a bad thing, which apparently makes me a bad person, I guess. Or a cuck or whatever. Truth, love, and the American way. Absolutely. Whatever it is. Or the British way. It is the British way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Apologizing love and tea. (laughs) The British way. Uh, Jared Conister, after being introduced to her with her signing in the AEW, I have a gimmick. Uh, I have to have a gimmick correct. I would very much like to see Kylie Ray versus Bailey. Uh, they are similar in personalities and both seem to have a killer match ability to them that can make for a great face versus face storyline. And my question to you is what dream match would you like to see that A is still possible, both wrestlers being alive and competing, and B has not happened yet? Well, we're getting oh one of those tonight God. with Pack versus Osprey. That is a hell of a match. And OTT on Sunday have got Pack versus Walter. Mate. Uh, yeah, I just. Oh, I'm all over that lad. Pack just going around facing everyone would be my dream. I think. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I haven't watched it yet, but because it's on the the Ref Pro channel. But um, Zach versus uh, well, Zach Saber Junior versus Pack. I've heard is. I've heard didn't get as good of a reaction as they were expecting, mm. but I'd imagine that that seems to me like a brilliant match on paper. Has Mysterio had a match? I'm assuming he probably has actually in Lucha Underground or something, but against Pentagon. I, I think he's teamed the, with Pentagon. I've yeah, seen, I, I don't. I'm not well versed in my Lucha Underground yeah. knowledge. I stopped watching it after season one. I think I watched the first episode of season two, mm. but like my Lucha Underground knowledge more or less stops around that point. I like to watch Adam Cole versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that's a match I'd like to see. If 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 Michaels was still competing, yeah, yeah, I could certainly see that. Baldy, Baldy, Shawn Michaels, Dwayne Cooley. Hello, Luke, he Ollie, and Laurie. For the match, uh, do you guys intend on seeing fighting with my family when it's out at select theaters? Um, where, where we see it? Uh, yeah, likely. I've heard it's, it's yeah, had some yeah. decent reviews. Yes, yeah, it's, it's done all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's done all right. I've not been blown away by any of the trailers. What? No, I've not been either. But then I'm not a fan of Stephen Merchant. Yeah, and I think I don't think the trailers do a very good job of selling. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what the overall brand of comedy they're going for here. And I think the trailers obviously get a bit caught up on like the Rock has to be in it. And I don't think that scene's very funny it, from what I've seen. I think any of the scenes with The Rock in it looks particularly yeah. funny. The one where he cuts a promo on them, calling them Harry Potter and things like that, mm. is really unfunny. Yeah. And the one where he calls up the dad is also really unfunny. Yeah, I'm just I'm just concerned that it's going to be a bit too cheesy. And Well, I, yeah, I did see one review that said, like, it's the best advert for WWE I've ever seen. Well, so yeah. there's always that. To get that level of access, though. Well, because, I mean, like, they filmed at events, right? Yeah. So yeah, they filmed at Raw, no less. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was when The Rock called or tried to call CM Punk on the phone. That was a great moment, but <laughs> Punk didn't pick up. Um, yeah, so I, I'd like to go and see the film. I'm not rushing out to see it. No. Um, yeah, as I said, I'm not the biggest Stephen Merchant fan. And in fact, actually, I'm see- more interested in watching the documentary that it's based on. Yeah, the fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen like the opening segment to that, and that is chaos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to see the rest of that. But um... I will say for Stephen Merchant, though, I really uh, did enjoy him in The Good Place uh, mm. in season three. I thought he was really funny in that one episode. Uh, David Humphreys asked, this one is for all three of you. So we know that WrestleMania, there are always a good couple of musical acts as part of the show. If you guys were given the opportunity to book a band or artist each, who would it be? So who would you book to oh be the musical God. act at WrestleMania? I'm rubbish, though, because I'm not keeping up on music at the moment. Well, that's why I say Faith No More. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they, they are still technically. I mean, yeah. they haven't. I Paul Simon. Yeah. Paul Simon or. Ah. Uh, oh. No, if he was. I mean, Johnny Cash. But oh, yeah. Bless his really, heart. Yeah. Bless his zombie bones. Um, yeah. It's. Um, I was just thinking things that I've bought vinyl of recently. <laughs> nice. 
it's funny as well because like I don't like the musical acts at WrestleMania. No. But I, I think it's great if you're there, but watching on TV is a bit boring. Yeah, and I think it's always like feels a bit try hard. It's like yeah, your pit bulls. My favorite like one that, though yeah. is uh, was Motorhead at WrestleMania X7 mm. when they essentially forgot all the words to their own song. It's just like all about the game. I mean, they play it all about the game. Fortunately, most of the songs, like Lemmy's voice, just lay, lends itself to just mumbling your way through anything. Just remember the tune, and that's fine. Speaking of Bob Dylan earlier, I had an amazing story on uh, the Ellison John podcast mm. where it was like he went to go see Bob Dylan in concert and mm. was really annoyed that Bob didn't play any of the songs that he likes until he got home, looked at the set list and realized 25% of it had been songs that he likes. He just didn't recognize a single <laughs> one of them because Bob Dylan essentially goes to the show and goes, a protest. And then that's about it. Like he just sings songs in really off key moments because he doesn't give an F. Yeah. He does the way he likes. Never like Bob Dylan. Anyway, uh, and our last question comes in from Rosie. Uh, hey, lads. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we got into the discussion of the Champa Gargano storyline. One of the things that really stood out to me was the discussion about how much I hate Champa, brackets, in kayfabe. So I've only been watching wrestling for a year or two, and I got into a little late after the Festival of Friendship storyline just in time for DIY's breakup. That was the first tag team I ever saw break up like that, and it's still by far the most painful. It was also the first time I've ever truly hated a hero. So my question to you guys is who is the wrestler you hated the most growing up and what was the feud that caused it? Being a newer fan, I'd love to know what past feuds I should check out for great heel work. Anyways, keep up the stellar content. Cheers, Rosie, a female smark. Uh, this is an easy one for me. It's Triple Bloody H. Because mm. I think my hatred of Triple H when I was a newer fan has just carried over into me <laughs> as a 33-year-old. That whenever Triple H has a match now, I'm like, oh, you mother... Like, because I... It was the Cactus Jack feud. Yeah. I loved Cactus Jack. And Triple H retiring Cactus Jack at No Way, to, no Way Out 2000 just made me hate him so much. I hated him being champion. But it's because he's very good at being a heel. So then you're super behind The Rock going into WrestleMania 2000 sure. and Rock failing there because Vince McMahon turned his back on The Rock and a McMahon in every corner. And then that leads you into Backlash 2000 which is just one of my all-time favorite moments of wrestling, is The Rock finally winning the WWF Championship from Triple H with mm. Austin in his corner. Austin just coming out looking super chubby because he hasn't fully recovered from his <laughs> neck surgery and he's full of jalapeno cheeseburgers. By his own admission, that's not me putting that on Austin. He said to himself he was trying to rid the world of jalapeno cheeseburgers. One so, burger at a time. To the point where... He nearly choked to death on a jalapeno cheeseburger while driving <laughs> because he got it and he just wanted to eat it so bad. But that moment, bad boy, that moment for me, uh, Austin coming down, stunning everyone, stunning DX, and oh my, it's just brilliant. But that's all because Triple H is such a good heel. So it's, Triple H for me was my the first heel I hated. I hated Edge and Christian. Good shout. Uh, oh, I what? super hated Edge and Christian. Oh, back they were the, in the worst. They were stealing the titles from the Hardys. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just, I was a big Harley Boys mark back in the day. I, I loved them. Uh, Who didn't? And really? I, I just, for that whole, like, uh, with the Dudleys and everything, and just, yeah, Edge and Christian were just like the tag team in that. And you realize now they were so good. But at the time, I was just like, I just, I just wish it was just the Dudleys and the Hardys because they're the cool ones and they're the ones I like to play on SmackDown. And, like, you know, <laughs> and Edge and Christian, they were so annoying. Yeah. But 
actually turns out they were brilliant also as well as like a the, the marks that we were in that 2005 period when mm. uh, you had the edge matt hardy and lita real life storylines yes, yeah. which just made you hate edge even more because you're all behind matt hardy for whatever reason i mean like he was acting like a complete knob looking back on it mm. but at the time you were like oh i hate you edge. i don't like oh, you, I hate edge. you edge. and i hate you lita for having feelings for another man yeah. you, how could you change your mind how could you change it your jezebel <laughs> Uh, hussy, you little hussy, you moonsaulting hussy! <laughs> How dare you fall out of love with one you, person and fall in love with a different person? You flipped over oh, Matt Hardy's terrible. heart. <laughs> and then the WWE essentially presenter is like, she is the worst person ever. Yeah, she is the reason this man got fired. What a harlot! <laughs> Uh, we've got a wrestle talk. Get better here from Connor, who uh, says Luke, Ollie, Laurie, not Randy. So this is your standard wrestle talk. Get better, as it's not fitness related. So it isn't your standard. I misread that. However, I thought I would share a quick TLDR for my get better story. It started when I was 16 in sixth form, when I was uh, choose not to do IT and A level, which resulted in me having to spend an extra year at sixth form getting my A levels. So I was late at the gate going to university. I got accepted at university, which at the time was the only one, like Ricochet, officially accredited course for the UK. Uh, in computer and digital forensics, wow. I graduated with a 2-1, just 4% offer first. I've later been told that they uh, were marked harshly uh, as the tutors. it was the tutor's first year. Did you get a university? Pardon? What did you get at uni? A 2-1. Classic. What, classic. Oh, I've got Desmond. I've got straight, a 2 Straight down the line. Yeah, <laughs> I've got myself. I did very badly in my first year. I had mm. to redo some of my courses in, uh, in the summer. I Proper Mickey Mouse degree. Entertainment technology. It, it sounds made up. It pretty much is. Yeah. Um, bearing in mind, this is 2004. Mm. And one of the it was like the first time they'd ever done this course. Um, it was a brand new thing they'd introduced at my university. And it sounded wicked, like when you go to speak to the university, because it's like about using cameras and lighting and this, that, and the other, and about like audio editing, video editing. Right. It sounded rad. In my first year, I learned how to make flash animations. <gasps> In 2004, like yes. people had very, no one was going to new grounds anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people have moved on. No one's watching Strong Bad anymore. Like, we've all moved on from flash <laughs> yeah. animation. Um, anyway, that was part of my university degree. Uh, so I got a 2-2. Mm. My favorite uh, course, though, was doing um, stop-motion animation. In, oh, that's cool. In my third year. It was awesome. I loved doing that. Um, in fact, actually, if you go onto YouTube, you can watch my stop-motion animation film I made. It's called Toy Gory. Ooh. You'll probably find it if you search for it on YouTube. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it took me a while. Back to the email. It took me a while. And it took me a while to make stop-motion. Uh, back to the email. It took me a while. Six months post-graduation and over 10 interviews later, I got my foot in the door as a digital forensic technician for my local police force. 12 months later and a further two interviews, I've managed to get promoted to a digital forensic forensics investigator the job my degree trained me for the reason i've stayed an extra year in college to get out of the degree in the first place i've also worked my notice and moved literally across the room i still work in the same company from the technicians to the investigators and i start on monday straight on a training course but my first proper day will be next week i've watched every youtube video you've done for years the first one first one i remember watching was done by a female who said ollie is on holiday and will be back next week way before luke started uh, i'd imagine that is her name escapes me now. Oh, that's a shame. I saw her only a couple of weeks ago. 
Sorry, I, I do apologize. I mean, you don't listen to the podcast, it's fine, but I've literally, your name's completely escaped me. And I've listened to every podcast since it started. I feel like uh, watching you develop and grow um, your perseverance through everything and having a platform to offload either via emails like this on the amazing Patreon community page is great. I just want to say thank you and keep up the great, consistent product. Uh, that actually went longer than I planned, so I'll end with a crip gra- uh, quick crap joke for you. I know you love them. Uh, we'll go with police-related, given the subject. My local police station had its toilet seat stolen over the weekend. There's nothing to go on. Wait. That's from the digital forensics investigator, Connor. That Thank sounds like a cool job. That sounds like a proper job. Yeah. Not like what we do. What? How, how do you do it? Because <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's like CSI sort yeah, of yeah, thing. Totally. Where like yeah, but like hack, in, hack into that computer and find yeah. me his... It's like that bit in uh, Blade Runner when he's just like, yeah. enhance. Yeah, yeah, enhance. Enhance again. Scroll to the left. <laughs> enhance. <laughs> like, that's pretty much what I'm yeah, imagining that, his job oh, is. wicked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm so into it. Uh, but that is all it's we've got time for. just people's Facebook profiles, really. <laughs> Did they lie? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is all we've got time for on this episode of the podcast. Thank you for all of your correspondence. Hope you all have a tremendous weekend. Enjoy Elimination Chamber this Sunday. And we'll speak to you on Monday with the review of that show. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.